With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. 2016 from Coolidge, Arizona. Welcome to all of you. We see several folks tuned in today. That's wonderful. Glad to have you. Uh, we're in Acts chapter 5, uh, just a little bit of review in a few verses, but there's a couple of things that we're going to deal with today that you need to pay attention to and not forget uh, on down the line. But let's just bring ourselves up to speed with where we were last week, uh, verse 27, and when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, uh, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name. So there, there was the, the boundaries. They were asked to not continue teaching in the circumference of the name, the total, total uh, content of the name. That bothered them tremendously. And yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. And again, we've talked about teaching, how, what, it is, what it is last week. We defined it for you. You have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's upon us. And uh, his, uh, that's true. That's exactly what they, were, what they were wanting to do is to fulfill the prophecy of Malachi and John the Baptist. Who warned you to flee to the wrath to come? Uh, That's all a part of this verse here, referring to the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. But Peter, in verse 29, and the apostles answered, uh, we, the apostles, Peter and the apostles, uh, must obey God rather than men. Now, that's a great word, that's a great phrase, but you see, the... uh, the importance of that verse is not that we use it, it's that they used it, that they were so committed, so committed to teaching what they understood was right, that they were willing to die for it. We must understand that it is Peter and the apostles who are saying, we, we, we who have been entrusted must obey God rather than men. Now, I know that's a statement that we use ourselves sometimes to justify our, in, our disobedience to government. That's not the intent here, even though that may be true. But that's not the intent. The intent is simply, we as the apostles must obey God. We cannot deviate from what we know is right. Folks, that's where our trust is is that they have conveyed to us the way it is. We can rely upon that. Why? Because they were committed to obeying God rather than men. 
Yep, and as Alex says, and and um, and Tanya says, she can't hear you very often. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the whole world would have come crumbling down if they had not adhered to uh, what their mission was here. So that is a statement of their mission. That is their mission statement. I wish every church had a mission statement that compared with that of the apostles. We must obey God rather than the thinking of humans and of human counsels and human tradition. But anyway, the intent of that verse is to give us confidence is that the apostles were not compromising the word. And in as we look at that, then we, we say, wow, these, these guys were willing to pay a price. And that's big stuff. That's big stuff. So the God of our fathers, and, and so they go on. He's not done. He has given to us his mission statement. And we need to be committed to that mission statement from their perspective as the executors of the will. But the God of, the, of our fathers raised up Jesus. Now, this is the one you had put to death by hanging him on a tree. The word cross should never have been used. It's not a cross. Never a cross. Where did that come from? Well, who's this good-looking guy that just snuck in? Typo, how are you this morning? Hi. Good to see you. Are you feeling okay? Oh, yeah. You won't be when I'm done with you. (laughs) Okay. So... You know, we use that cross, and we wonder, that's not a Bible word. What is the word, how should it have been? Tree. Or peg. Tree or a peg. So at the cross, we sing a song at the cross, at the cross. So many of our songs have cross in them. And you know, if you put the word tree in there, it loses all of its emotional appeal. And I'm not against the emotional appeal, but it should be based on truth. And if you understand some of the history, which I don't want to go into now, and it's not fresh on my mind, uh, but the idea of the cross did not come from Christian origins. Does that suggest something? It comes from a pagan origin. You would have guessed that, wouldn't you? All right, but you put to death, you put to death, and, and he, you know, he's, he's not arbitrary about this thing. He didn't say, now, now maybe you had something to do with it. There, there was no leeway in Peter as the spokesman for the apostles and what he had to say. You put him to death. When you say you, that's uh, Jews? The Jews. Those people who are questioning Peter and Apostle now. 
uh, starting back uh, back in verse 27, Kaipo. So you have put him to a good question. You're catching on. Got to watch the pronouns. <clears throat> Whom you put to death. And then you can see then why revelation is so important that we have a right understanding on it because this is the punishment of those who put Jesus to death. The book of Revelation, that's what it's about. So as soon as you take it out of that context, you can go anywhere you want to. You can build a city on Mars if you take it out of context from the book of Revelation. You can do anything you want. But if you confine it to its intent, that's what the book of Revelation is dealing with, is the final judgment on Israel for this event of putting Jesus on a tree and the death that follows. But we're not done with that. Verse 31, he is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as a prince and a savior. Now, the King James translates that with his right hand because of why? You tell me. Why did they change it from to to with? And there is no with there in the Greek. So, and, and the two is there, I mean, the two is in there because it's a part of the um, construction of the term uh, in, in the uh, verbiage there. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> why? He's not equal. He's, he's subservient to our two. Yeah. That's that's right. And also, Greg, is that there are many who have a problem with the New American Standard, and that's why it's kind of on the demise, mm-hmm. because they do not believe that that's where Jesus is yet that he won't be there until some future event. Mm -hmm. So this is saying that from the resurrection, where did he go? From From the death to the resurrection, where did he go? According to this verse. To the right hand of the Father. So where is he when he's writing? He's at the right hand of God. Don't forget it. That clarifies a large percentage of Calvinist doctrine right there. He is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as a prince. I'd like to have you look up the word prince, Alex, and... um, uh, I want you to look at what this word means, prince. And it's interesting that we have compromised the impact of that verb, of that uh, word, just a little bit. That noun. Uh, we're taking just there. We go. All right. Now look at this word. This is the word, archegos. What does it mean? A chief leader. 
a chief leader. He has been appointed to be a a chief leader, a captain, an author. And some of some of the uh, translations use the word ruler. What does our What does our King James use? Prince. Prince. Is that the New American Standard? This is the King James. Okay. Uh, but what What does the New American Standard say? The New American Standard says a prince. Oh, a prince. Okay, and. All oh, right, and the, the ruler is closer, unless we understand what a prince is. A, a prince is he? Um, Young prince. What? Young prince. Does he? Okay. So there, there's a great idea there behind that word prince, providing we have the right connection in our mind with the idea of a prince. He is a prince. He is not the prince, if I remember right. There's no article there. So he is a prince. He is subordinate to whom? He is subordinate to God. And he is a savior. Zotera. A savior. And no no comment about what he's talking about, except here that he has been put in a position at the right hand of the Father, as a prince, as a ruler, and a savior. So if he is not at the right hand, on the throne, next to the Father, what's the problem? What's the problem with Billy Graham's doctrine right here? Because he believes that he's not there yet. That's the heart and the core of his belief system. He's not there yet. He's got a lot of things right, but he's got the basic doctrines wrong. If he de- if most principles in the Bible, if this is untrue, then so is the rest of it. Yeah, you might as well throw it all out. And it means that we have no ruler, that we have no prince, and that we have no... What? Savior. We have no Savior. So here they are preaching what they claim is the gospel, and yet in that gospel there's no Savior. See that? Because if he's not at the right hand of the Father, now we have no Savior. He's a ruler and a Savior because of where he is. And if he's not where the Bible says he is, we have neither him as a, we have him neither as a ruler nor a prince or a, a savior. Now, the purpose is stated next. To grant repentance to China. All right. So this is, remember that the day of Pentecost 
the opening up of the kingdom and access to the kingdom via the church is all beginning with the message to whom? Israel. It all begins with Israel. He's dealing with the Jews. He is still dealing with the Jews. Don't put the Gentiles into this verse. When do the when do the Gentiles get plugged in? What's that? When God tells them to. <laughs> yeah, in chapter ten, with the household of Cornelius, and where the Spirit was granted to Cornelius as the evidence that the Jews were going to be accepted as well. But folks, that doesn't happen now. Not yet. We have to wait. Are you done, God, with what you're doing with Acts chapter 2? No. Not yet. Not yet. We have to deal with the Jews first. So he's dealing with those folks who are Making up his audience doesn't mean that there were no Gentiles there at all, but it means that the predominance of it was to the Jewish people. They were the ones who were in Jerusalem for what purpose? The Passover. That's why they were all there and still there. So he has been put on the right hand made a prince and a savior to give purpose, the purpose of which is to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins to whom? To Israel, because that's who he's talking about. Acts, uh, Luke twenty four forty seven, I think it is. Who can quote it real quick? Luke, Luke, 2447. Who can read that for us? Luke 24. Luke 24 and verse 47. You want to find that, Kaipo, and read it for us? I hope I got the right one. What? Yeah. 24? 24. Chapter 24. The Gospel of Luke. Dr. Luke and verse 47. What translation are you reading from? Just so we know. King James. King James. Okay. Read it for us, Kaipo. Can they hear it? Luke. 24, uh, verse 47. 47. Yeah. 47. 47. Go for it. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at uh, Jerusalem. All right. So doesn't that include everything we've just been talking about? In his name, preaching, 
and that repentance and forgiveness of sins would begin where? Jerusalem. All right. So the Lord's church begins with the Jews, and it begins where? In Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. So if you can trace your church back and it doesn't get to Jerusalem, you've got a problem. And most of our churches began in 11, 1200s. That's a problem. And also, the Lord's church began with what group of people? The, the Jews. So if your church goes back and it began with Gentiles, such as the Lutheran Church began with Gentiles. What's wrong with that? The Lord's Church began with Jews. Exactly. Kaipo's going to get an A. He's right in there today. I love that, Kaipo. I love that. You, you know, I don't even care if you're wrong. The fact that you, <laughs> the fact that you show some life is exciting. I love that. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah. And don't be afraid to be wrong. We all are wrong in places, and we have to get them corrected. That's why we come together. I make mistakes, and Alex gets me fixed up real quick. It sure does. And he ain't got no tomatoes. And No, no, but you never know what he does throw. Oh. Yeah, they're invisible, but I feel them. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so the purpose of all this was to happen initially, initially in the context of what he's talking about and who he's talking to right now is to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin and to Israel is joined with an and to forgiveness of sins and they all belong together to the Jewish people. Now in verse 32 we got some issues. I've got to have time to deal with this and you've got to pay attention. Have you got a thinking cap? I don't know. I wear a I wear a seven and three quarter hat. I see Alex is in here with a size one. I think the headhunters must have got him. What about me? Uh, oh, oh, that's a size two and a half. <laughs> I'm glad you've got a good sense of humor. All right, those, those 32, we have to break this verse down because this is the source of a lot of trouble. Verse 32, folks, get plugged in wherever you are. And by the way, Alex said that Kay back in Oklahoma was plugged in today. That's just marvelous. And we've got quite a few folks plugged in today. We've got a list on there that won't quit. I can't read all of it from here. That's just marvelous. We're so pleased about that. And uh, Jackie's on too. Well, no wonder, no wonder there's a bubbling of enthusiasm. I can feel it. All right, verse 32. We now, who's the we? See, you gotta always ask who the pronoun is referring to. So the we are his uh, are. I got to get back to you. I can't read this anymore here. My eyes have gone haywire with me. We are witnesses of these things. Who's the we? And uh, and then and the Holy Spirit. There's no so is. 
That so is is not there. We'll look at it. We'll look at it in a minute. But let's stay on with stay with the English here. We are witnesses of these things. We we can testify what we have just said as apostles, the ones who have said our statement of mission that we ought to obey God rather than man, and the Spirit is in alignment with what we are doing. We're going to talk about all this now. And your English says, whom God has given to those who obey him. Well, now we have to go and we have to dissect that because that isn't the implication at all. Now, we have no problem with the first part of that verse, and we are, that is, we, the apostles, are witnesses. And the word, you notice that the word witness comes from the word martyr? You see that? It means that we're willing to die. That's what the word martyr means. A conviction strong enough that you'll die for it. That's rare. We are witnesses. Of these things. And of is appropriate there because it's in the genitive case. But they forgot the the. That's because it's too awkward for us to put two thes in there together. But that means it is emphatic. These, the things. That's how it would be read. These, the things. Emphasis. We are witnesses of these, the things. And the Spirit. So is also is not there. That's not there. You need to make sure that you understand that's not there. It's just and. It's just and. Now, we've already talked about who it is that he's talking about. Who was it? The very first word. We. The apostles. Don't forget it. I have to be emphatic here. I have to get, yeah, as Alex says, you've got to get mean, Traxler. I have no problem going there. And, and the spirit. And notice that the neuter, the, the word ghost there, translated ghost, which is really dumb, um, is in the neuter gender. So what, is, what does that rule out once and for all? that it cannot be a person. If it were a person, it would be a him or a herd. But it's a it. So therefore, when you see the word whom, what's the problem? It's not a person, person, so it can't be whom. It has to be what? Which. Now, parse it out for us, Alex, so that we confirm it. We cannot talk about things out of the air. We have to have confirmation. 
Notice that the, the ha there, that's translated whom, should not be translated whom. That's a deliberate attempt to demonstrate a bias. It's which, which, the contents of which, Now, let's look at back to the text again. Which, well, we can see right there. Which the God hath given. The God hath given. Oh, we got a problem there. Because people are assuming that this is relative to them. Today. But notice here that this word, this verb, this word that's translated gave, which the God gave, is edokin, third person, singular, eros, active voice, uh, active, um, um, voice and indicative mood. Now, when you see a verb which is the word arrowist, and down below it, it has the word, the mood is indicative. The last word, the last list in that list is the mood. Now, the mood, if it's subject, if it's in the subjunctive mood or in the exclamatory mood, then arrowist, the tense, doesn't have any time connected with it. Can you rem- You don't have to remember this, I guess. But it's just something that it's not until you see the mood as being indicative that the verb tense takes on both a kind and a time of action. Without it being in the indicative mood, aorist would only have kind of action. The kind of action that's associated with the arrowist tense, the kind of action associated with the arrowist tense is what? Point. Punctiliar. Punctiliar. A point of action. I hit the ball. I'm, that's not that's not in the right tense, but I'm talking about voice now. I hit the ball. Do I keep on hitting it? I hit, 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 hit. No, I hit the ball one time, once and for all. The only time I ever hit a ball is when I hit it. <laughs> Never hit it again. But this word means that something, and by the way, the time of action of the arrows is past tense. It was a one-time act in the past. That's why it's in the arrowist tense. You see that? Folks, that's not guesswork. That's right out of the grammar book. We have a grammar book. Here we can verify that. It's up there on the shelf. I'm telling you what's in the grammar book. Not guesswork. So it's which 
the God hath given. So at some point in time in the past, so just guessing real quiet, don't tell anybody what in the past might this be referring to? The day of Pentecost, of when when the 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 apostol apostles, those who had apostolic authority, were given that authority by a miracle placed in their spirit to have access to the spirit of God, so they could read what God was thinking. That's First Corinthians chapter two. We've been over that too many times. But folks, we have to keep going over it because it keeps creeping into the church. That's why we have a charismatic movement that's still powerful today with all of its shamery. We still have it because people don't pay attention. This is something that God gave in the past to somebody, and we've had the somebody here as identified as the apostles in the first part of this verse. To them... Now notice, the God, uh, which, which the God hath given in the past at one point to somebody, to those who are now obeying him. Now let's, you say, well, I'm not sure how you got there. Well, let's look at that word, let's parse that word obey and see whether that's right. Now it's in what tense? It's in the present tense. The present tense, and you'll notice that it's a participle, so it is an adjective. It's describing the obeying ones. It's the obeying ones. The obeying ones of whom? Well, according to what we just got through reading, it's talking about those who are obeying now as they continue to teach when they've been told not to teach. Isn't that the context? Haven't they just been told, don't teach? But they went on teaching. So they are now the ones who are obeying, and as they are teaching, they are finding the fulfillment of what Jesus promised only to them that they would have their message given to them through the Spirit, their Spirit via God's Spirit. Not a person, but the wholeness of God. It is the Spirit that gives you access to a person's mind. When you think about your thinking in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it is the Spirit of man that knows the thoughts of man. So when, when the apostles on the day of Pentecost were miraculously enlivened in their spirit, they now had access into the thinking of God. They knew what God was thinking. You and I don't, except as we read what the apostles report to us. They're the ones who had the access. You and I don't. You haven't got a clue about what God thinks about anything. You haven't even got a clue about what he thinks about chivalets. You don't have a clue. You suppose he cares? You haven't got a thought. You haven't got a clue about what he thinks about savage rifles. 
But the apostles, anything that was relative to the purpose that God created the universe for, the apostles had access into the thinking of God and all of those things that were relative and and necessary for us, they have given us a report on that information. And that's why 1 Peter 1 or 2 Peter 1 that we spent, what, two or three weeks on here a week ago or two? says that all things pertaining to life have been given to us. Through whom? Through the apostles who had access to the thinking of God. That's why we are so emphatic on understanding the apostolic authority. So in this verse, he is talking about we who are witnesses and the spirit that God in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost gave to us and continues with us as long as we continue to obey in carrying out our orders to teach. That's my paraphrase. Do you see it? Any questions on that verse? That's a, that's a sticky one. It really isn't. Because he's identified who he's talking about in the first part of the verse, we, and... Uh, all the way through there, I mean, I, I think it's quite quite evident. Yeah, that's one of the areas where most of the time he gets it right. Yeah. But it can't be whom, because whom is indicative of a person. And, and um, as soon, you see, if God is spirit, and spirit is a separate entity, then if you, if you take God's spirit and put it somewhere else, what does that leave with God? God's empty. That's why I have a little series entitled The Shell of a God. They've robbed God by taking away his spirit as his identity as to who he is and made it a separate entity. So God has nothing. God is an empty shell. And if anything is blasphemy, that's it. All right, if there's no questions, let's move on. Verse 33. Now, that was powerful enough to those people who are hearing it that when they heard this, they begged for mercy. And said, well, now, we're going to love you guys. We're going to embrace you. We want you a part of our group. Yeah, we're going to love you till you die. We're going to squeeze the life right out of you. They were cut to the quick. When, when what we have just read was understood by that audience as it confirmed the apostolic authority because of what happened in Acts chapter 2, they were cut to the heart, to the quick. How far can you cut your fingernail before it hurts? When you get into the quick, you got a problem. Depends on how sharp your tool is. You might, you might not feel it until you're already through it. That's true. Well, if you're going to take a little, uh, you know, if you're going to relieve, if you ever get a blood blister under your nail, if you take a little drill, 
you know, just twist it with your hand, a little 60-inch drill bit, drill bit. And when you get through the nail without getting into the flesh, what happens? You hit that big pressure of blood in there, and man, it just squirts out. But you don't want to do that down in the quick. Because <laughs> that's where it hurts. What that's telling us is that in the place where you can possibly hurt the person the most is where this truth went. It went all the way to the quick. That's where all of the nerve endings are affected. They were cut so deeply to the quick. And my translation says to the heart, but it's really to the quick. Oh, it doesn't? No. I have heart. You have heart? Yeah, it has heart as a note. And the the New American Standard says quick, but my Greek says, and the ones hearing were cut and intended to kill them. Okay, I think that's uh, that's probably, that's why we ought to leave it then in this verse, even though they're adding that to the heart from other verses in this context in verse 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember for sure, but but anyway, that that's a good point. They they were simply cut. See, that's, that's the impact of truth. Yep. You're right. Good, good point. Glad you brought that to my attention. So... They were simply cut. That's deep. They were put. They were split too. But that's how Strong defines it. Oh, interesting. It's like being cut and by being sawn asunder. Okay. The way they break it up, that through. Uh, no, the word dia there is two in this case. Oh, well, they, yeah, they, 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 they messed that up because they're calling that channel the ass. They are? Yeah. Uh, they, they, they define it in two words right here and right here. And this one is through. They, they, they use the word through. Oh, okay. I can buy that. Mm-hmm. See, that depends on where the accent mark is. Uh, on the dia. So, um, so to saw to saw asunder. How they break the word down to saw asunder, uh, to exasperate. That means that they were cut in two. Pretty mad. That's mad. That's the impact. That's the impact of truth. You know, that's why a lot of folks can't take it here. So this time of the year, of course, a lot of our folks are gone, but and that's fine. I'd be gone too. <laughs> but you see, that's the power of truth. So. 
there is one way to deal with the pain of guilt if by that you have been cut in two, sawn asunder, and that is to kill the other people who made it that way. I don't think you're catching on. (laughs) See, look at what it says. They were cut and took counsel to resolve the issue. Were they interested in a resolution of the problem? Were they interested in a solution? No. They were, but their only solution was to do what, Greg? Just to kill them. Kill them. Kill the messenger. That's one way to deal with the pain of guilt. The person who makes you aware of your guilt before God Get them out of the way. Don't change your status. Get the one who made you aware of it go away. Need to think about that. All right, so the message about the apostles what they had witnessed, what they said about what they had witnessed, and they were not only from themselves, but the spirit that had transpired, the change of spirit that had transpired in Acts chapter 2, all were in agreement that these people, these men, and these women, if so, who, were, uh, who, who had been involved in the crucifixion of Christ, there was no argument left. No argument at all. And he had disrobed all of their thinking with any argument that they could come up with. You guys are guilty. You guys are just plain blank guilty. They didn't like it. Nobody likes to be put in a position where they're guilty. But there's a time when it has to be. And now at the beginning of the foundation of the church, right here, right at the beginning, right here in Jerusalem. Now in verse 24, oh, our time is up. I tell you, I wanted to get into where we were going, but we um, we have to wait till next week. So are you with me? We have established the apostolic authority beyond a shadow of a doubt. What the apostles have said to these people in this audience, face to face with these people, is that they are guilty and they are going to pay the price. And the consequences of that is that Jerusalem will be destroyed The temple will be destroyed. And it's all based on that that event will be the evidence that Jesus has come invisibly in the cloud in judgment against these people. 
Well, that'll give you something to think about till next week, till we meet again. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. It's hot here. It was so hot, the devil left town. We have no sin going on. It's nice in that respect, but it is hot. Father, we are thankful for designated times to come together of exploring your word together and agreeing upon the word together. What a thrill it is. And we are thankful for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.